This episode is brought to you in part by Thomas Nelson, publisher of The Overcomers, God's Vision for You to Thrive in an Age of Anxiety and Outrage, written and narrated by pastor and best-selling author Matt Chandler, and is available everywhere audiobooks are sold. Hey, I'm Chris, and Adam and I recorded this first season of the Device and Virtue podcast exclusively for our friends. Now that's you too, so enjoy our first attempt at arguing about tech and faith. Oh, and find our newest episodes at deviceandvirtue.com. The merging of human and machines sounds like an Iron Man movie, but it's actually happening right now. We even found some Christians who are praying that this is the next big thing. It's Device and Virtue. Well, it's another episode of the Device and Virtue podcast. Christian, thinking about technology in the church for the church. This is episode six. Six. Yeah, six. Right. Hey, Adam, what's going on? I'm Chris. Hi, Chris. Uh, how are you doing? I'm glad you came out this Sunday. I know. It's it's good to be out here. Good to be with friends. We both did church this morning. You did the suburbs. I did the city. And now right. we're joined in the middle on a Sunday yeah, afternoon. Absolutely. Chris, so last time we were recording, uh, I noticed you had some nice uh, jewelry on. It was an Apple mm. Watch. Mm. But uh, mm. you're, not, you're not sporting it today. What's up? No, you are very observant. That's what I I am. Uh, so here's the thing with the Apple Watch. Tell me. I'm going to admit this to you. <laughs> just to you. Because you love just, all things just, Apple. You I, love, my, we're you recording love, on a MacBook Pro right now. It's true. I've got my iPad and my iPhone. Usually I have three Apple devices running it's true. at all times. And uh, I, I do have an Apple phone, but I don't have an Apple computer. Okay. Yeah. So, so you're you know, a non, non-purist. Uh, it's true. I didn't like the Apple Watch. Really? No. I wore it. So I got it I got it as how, a gift. How? And I mean it was a great gift, amazing, super popular. Yeah. I thought it was here, I thought I was gonna use it for running because it has a super, you know, the super high tech heartbeat thing on it. It's an like expensive your, running thing. Well, I know, but it was a gift. <laughs> and then and then I thought uh, you know, the apps would be cool and yeah. I, it just doesn't it's just sort of I haven't worn a watch in ten years. Do you wear a watch? Uh, I do wear a watch, yeah, See, but it's—I mean, it's old-fashioned. I just used to pull out my phone, checking the time, you know. So, uh, and so I wasn't really about the time. I was all like, "Is it useful in my wrist?" But like, it does this little notification thing where it slaps your like, like if someone was taking a fingernail and slapping the top of your wrist every time, uh, like, every time like you a get a flick. text, every time you get a text, every time you get a Facebook notification, you're just getting these little flicks on your wrist. Ugh, that like, sounds terrible. I know. Uh, and the connection to the iPhone sucked, and. I, I, I really like had an emotional night about this on the day before. <laughs> I was like, I've got to return it by like this day to get full credit oh, for yeah? this thing. And I'm like, yeah, am I going to do it? Am I gonna, <laughs> so, like on the charger? I bet I, I just stopped taking it with me. Yeah. So I'm just going to admit, I don't think it's all that. So We're you gonna, got rid of it. You turned you. I turned took it, it back, back into Apple, and they gave me a gift card, and I've got a bunch of. Credit. Oh, they give you a gift card, huh? Yeah, they give you like the. So oh. I'll wait till the new iPhone comes out, or something. it doesn't expire. Yeah, so that's nice. Uh, yeah. But I don't know about the wow. smartwatch thing. So I'm just saying, thanks for asking. But the smartwatch is interesting. I just feel like we're not there yet. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, so speaking of technology and like 
things attached to your body. I got to I got <laughs> to tell good. you This is good. This is good. Good to introduce. I got to tell you about this guy. Yeah, so you brought you brought this whole thing today. I'm very excited about it. What do what what, what are we doing? Yeah, okay. So, I'm just going to start by telling you about this guy named Neil Harbison. Neil? Neil. Neil. And if you met Neil, you would like immediately be like, "What what is going on?" Cuz you would see him and you would immediately notice something is different okay so neil has what essentially the best way i can describe it is it looks like a book light attached to the back of his head like like attached like bolted to his head and it wraps over the top of his skull and there's a little knob at the end and (laughs) it's 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 got a camera and it hangs just above his eye line so it's like it's like, it's it's like, like installed it's, webcam on his it, head. If you've ever done yoga, it's called the third eye center. <laughs> okay, that's where it is. <laughs> so I'm so glad I yeah. don't know what that is. Okay, so <laughs> yeah, so basically, he has an antenna mm-hmm. with a camera bolted to his head. That's a, and so great. Neil can literally hear color, literally. He, so it takes. The camera takes the colors uh-huh. and translates them into sounds that Neil can hear in his head. Cool. And so Neil self-identifies. He did this by choice. Okay. But he self-identifies as a cybernetic organism. Oh. oh which is oh, really oh, I like... I see what we're talking about. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so N- NPR uh, interviewed him and they called him the rock star in the body hacking community. Body hacking? Body hacking. That's what we're talking about. <laughs> yes. And uh, other people... Body hacking. Uh, other people refer to body hacking as something that sounds more technical. Uh, transhumanism. Okay. And so transhumanism... Uh, one uh, website defines it this way. Uh, the human species in its current form does not represent the end of our development, Ooh. but rather a comparatively early phase. Mm-hmm. So they have this philosophy that, um, you know, this uh, body of bones and blood and skin and guts and organs guts, is, is just like ready for this whole transformation into like merging ourselves with our machines <laughs> okay so yes what do you think about mm. what neil has done bolting a book light wow, to really? his head yeah oh gosh well, we're gonna uh well it sounds super awkward right it does yeah it looks super awkward too and it also like it sounds like movies like there's just people walking around with mechanical yeah. things yeah uh, it sounds like I, a will smith movie or <laughs> attached to them yeah uh, I was trying to. Uh, I don't, I'm so bad at my dystopian movies, but it sounds like a dystopian dark movie, yes. right? Yeah, right, <laughs> right. Yeah, no, yeah. It's a little, a little bizarre, yeah, or a lot bizarre. Like when and you start meeting. I mean, I'm sure we're going to talk about all these things. But you start thinking about like, well, when is it not human? He has these mechanical things on him, right? And well, like, he he yeah. doesn't identify as human. He identifies as a cybernetic organism. Yeah, so that's so, we got to say that's not good. Yeah. Okay. So, what if I told you though? that neil harbison is colorblind he only sees in grayscale, and this is a way for him to translate color into something that is meaningful for him oh i see so this is an assistive device yeah so he can't actually. So you said he elected to do it, but he otherwise he would not if he did not have this device he could not actually see color right 
Yeah. No, so you're making he, it more complicated. Right. He has mm-hmm. what you could call a disability. It's maybe a minor disability, yeah. but it's a disability. And he's compensated for it with a book light on his head. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Okay. So now it looks weird and it feel, feels weird, but it is helping him do something that he could not do otherwise. Right. As technology often does. True. So like it kind of pulls on the heartstrings a little bit. Sure. Wait. Well, we could think of lots of examples of that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So uh, like it's pretty, it's bizarre. It throws you off. But the reality is that this is not as unusual as maybe we want to think it is. So there was this article by uh, a tech writer named Nicholas Carr called I Want Wings. Okay, yes, this is this is the one you sent me. Yeah, right. Yes. And so he uh, he kind of unpacks all these different uh, cases of of people and uh, and different transhuman people. Uh, developments but he starts out by talking about how people have forever been wanting to be able to fly right people want wings they want to be able to fly and i've wanted to fly and and they they don't just want to do it in an airplane they like want to have the contraption like attached to their body that was the amazing they can like fly by themselves and have this thrill of flight like that doctor where at the beginning of that article writing this thing about like you could get wings in the future, like yeah. attached, yeah. like sewn in or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So reflecting on this, N- Nicholas Carr says, by the end of the 21st century, what it means to be human is likely to be very different from what it means today. Uh, yeah. And later he says, the merging of man and machine is well underway. Interesting. Yeah. Um, and so the transhumanist philosophy is that like, this is the next stage of human evolution, and we're just like at the beginning of it, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. they're going to look back a hundred or 3000 years from now and, and look at us and say that we were just like barely standing on two f- legs. Yeah. 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 So, and, I, oh ahead. yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, cause like when I think this is the kind of thing that we hear people hear it, they start, they're going to have one of two reactions, right? They're either like sweet <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or they're like, Oh, God help us. Yeah, right. right? Like, this, I just feel like this yeah. is super... Th- yeah. This is like the apocalypse coming. <laughs> right. Like, oh, weirdness in the dystopian movie that we were right. saying earlier. Right, right, right. Uh, yeah, but the thing is, it's not that far-fetched. It's not that niche. Like, this sounds... Yeah. It, Neil sounds really niche. Right. He's got this antenna... Bolted on his head. Yeah. It looks crazy. It's, yeah. not, it's really far out. Yeah. But the fact is that you have... The military, the U.S. military, is researching this sort of stuff right now. They're they're looking oh, gosh, for ways right? to create sure. uh, connections between humans and computers. So, right. Uh, right, right. elsewhere, uh, Nicholas Carr writes, you know, they're they're researching brain implants that facilitate the formation of new memories and the retrieval Ooh. of existing ones. Okay, so like improving just like brain function forming memories and and recalling memories neural interfaces so a little bit like what uh neil has but neural for your brain interfaces that reliably extract information um in order to control complex machines or to have like 
a modem in your head. Not not a joke. Beep, beep, right. Like, no, yeah. They're probably not those. They're probably, yeah. Right. Exactly. We're it, so old. It's, <laughs> it's true. But like that's, so it's not, it's not as far-fetched or as yeah, yeah, right, right, right. Far off in the future as we want to believe it could be. Oh, it's true. It's true. And and here's and I was so I read this whole article, which by the way, Nicholas Carr, Carr like really amazing article, yes, right? Like absolutely, I think, I think folks should read it. Carries uh, you along. Uh, it, it does. So the first word I thought of two objects. Okay. With this article, I want to throw one at you. Okay. To see what you think of it, because the whole my brain is doing. Does it, are we okay with this? Is this right, right or wrong? Yeah, right, like what is right. like? Uh, in the the clairblind example you just brought up is like at first you're sort of not okay with it, then sort of oh well maybe you are a little yeah, more okay right. with it because like he was colorblind. So and I thought about myself. I was just thinking about daily life. I'm like, I have something in my life every day that I think presses this point. Okay, it's just contact lenses. Okay, yeah, I, I wear contacts too. So like. I have really bad eyes. I got glasses when I was four and a half. <laughs> okay. And they were a Coke bottle by the time oh, I was fifth man. grade. My fifth grade photo in my yearbook. Have I shown you? No, we're nope. not going to show you. This. this is not okay. Just we'll, we'll pretty, post. We'll post pretty, it online, yeah, right? I definitely will not. Yeah. It's just rough. <laughs> uh, and it, I mean, like, oh, my mom was picking my glasses at the time. So oh, it's just, no, it's not good. No good. Uh, so when I got contact lenses in ninth grade, yeah, my world changed. Right. I suddenly became popular. Really? <laughs> yeah, that's know, awesome. Like, well, people are like, "Oh, wow, he's actually like a person." Uh, but like the contact lenses I wear every day, I, my eyes are so bad I wouldn't be able to operate in the modern world. Right, right. Like I could not drive. And a there's car. a lot of people like that. I could not like write, read street read street signs or anything. Like I have to hold a book about four inches away yeah. from my face just to read it. it so I'm like pretty bad. It'd be like you were a drunk person. You couldn't operate heavy machinery. Totally. Yeah. So I think of my I think of that technology as being. It's actually sort of even the technology I use today is different than 15 years ago because the contact lenses, my eyes are so bad that the lenses they made originally when I got them were very specialized and very expensive. I can get one right. pair for like $600. Right. And now I can get like multiple pairs for like 10 bucks. Like it's just, that's how it is. So they're just disposable with the falls right. out. But I didn't even have that originally. I think about the middle ages and I'm like, what would my life have been like? Yeah. Like I couldn't, Absolutely. I couldn't live like, like this. I don't know what, what the, but I couldn't, you would so, have worked with your hands. So the question is, like, we've got to at least start with this thing is like, is that, are we okay? If we feel a little squeamish about g- guy having a thing plugged into his head, right. why don't we feel squeamish about the thing we <laughs> put on our eye? Right. Because we're used to it and because so many people have it. I mean, if a lot of people had an antenna attached to their skull, they would feel yeah. differently. It'd be like an episode of Star Trek. Yeah, but it would feel more normative. And and Neil is not normative yet. No, I think you're totally right because technology actually, uh, you know, because technology started as toys and they moved to tools and they moved to environments. Exactly. Just like you hear me say all the time, Nicholas Absolutely. Carr has a very similar quote in his article about how essentially things become more normal. Yeah. And then they, and then we get used to them, but at first they're sort of awkward and weird, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so here's the other reason, though, I think why it feels... That's one reason. But I think there's a second reason why it feels one thing could feel weird to us and the other one could not. And the contact lens is my dividing line. And okay. You, you alluded to it before. Because the contact lens repairs something. Right. 
or corrects right. something. It corrects a disability or to something. something that's not working right. the way we, we we say as a human, yeah. it sort of should, right? So we yeah, sort you of don't go, have 20-20 vision. Yeah, my eyes have gotten bad. So like we're going to bring it to a certain standard that we're going to bring it back up that's going to correct my vision. That's right. what the eye doctor calls it. Corrective but lenses. A, but there's another thing, like the wings thing. Yeah. I've never had wings before. Right. Probably wouldn't have wings in the past. So like adding wings feels like a completely different thing, an enhancement. Right, right. So is it a correction it, or is it an enhancement? It goes above and beyond. Isn't that part of like what makes us feel weird, that the enhancements are, are the weird things? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And Neil's an interesting case because it's both a corrective yeah, right. and an enhancement. Yeah, and so in like my like other corrections, like like my aunt got a replacement hip, like uh, oh, right. recently, like it's a full like she was starting to get to the point where I mean she's just not that old, she was fifty five ish or oh, something, wow. you know, like and but it yeah. like, just it runs in the family. She could almost start to barely walk. It starts affecting how she can work. So they put a full metal hip right in her that big surgery, but now she's like amazing. She can get around. She doesn't feel any pain. It's like, so that's a correction. We go, that takes her back to where she should be or something. Right. And we have, we have a lot of other examples of what you, what we don't call body hacking, but are in Mm -hmm. some ways Mm -hmm. like contact lenses. You've got prosthetic limbs. You've got, right. You know, you've got piercings, you've got cosmetic surgery, people that do fertility treatments, wearing braces on your teeth, having a walker, a hearing aid, even an Apple Watch. I mean, it's wearable tech. It's it's oh, yeah. extending knowledge about your body. Mm-hmm. It's extrapolating information, pacemakers, and of of course the failed Google Glass. <laughs> right, right, right. So, yeah, and these are like enhancements. We could, but I mean, it feels weird when they're different to us when they're almost embedded in us, for one thing. But they're, they're enhancements, but they're also correctives the glass feels like an enhancement because it's yes, doing something agreed. new although like the you know the but like a the prosthetic limb no yeah huge like a correction right yeah so i was thinking about this correction versus enhancement thing and i was saying okay well that seems actually sort of simple we could say sort of ethically and i suppose we can get to some scripture and some hardcore theology here in a minute but like we could sort of say ethically that the corrections are sort of always those are good mm-hmm. and the enhancements are sort of that's the thing maybe we should not do or like we shouldn't but then I started thinking about, well, that yeah. line. Yeah. Okay, so here's it, the question. It's such a fuzzy line. It's a fuzzy line. Here's the question. How do, what do I correct up to? Right. So like say like for your eyes, I don't know what your eyes were before, but am I allowed to correct your contact lenses? Say, yeah. am I allowed to correct your prescription back up to the best it was for you ever in your life? Uh-huh. Except mine actually was always really, really bad. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, am I allowed to correct it up to a human average performance? Of something like all, about right. all humans right. can generally run about this fast, <laughs> and so that's a, that seems appropriate to take. You can we? Can I want to run as fast as Usain Bolt. Yeah, right. Should Who we doesn't? take it up to the what the best human could do? So that's right. the Usain Bolt. So this I'm giving three different options, or should we take it up to the fourth option of as good as the technology can do? Okay. So those are my four. And so that yeah. suddenly makes it really rough. As good as only that you naturally would have. Just you, Adam, yeah. or as an average human would have. So in that case, we're calling some parts of you that you're not yeah. quite an average 2020 human. vision is considered average. Or the average. best human. It's still human. There was a human that had it, yeah. but the fastest man. Are you allowed to get a limb that takes you up to the fastest man speed, but we're going to still call it human because a human's done it? Yeah. Or is it to the technology's limit? 
which is something that humans have created and have created the capacity to achieve. Oh, totally. Well, now you're, yeah. So I think that problematizes the blurring line between yeah. the two, right? What yeah. is enhancement and what is correction? We find out really quickly that we could enhance ourselves to be way better than we, right? way, right? We could go really far. We can and, correct and, ourselves, and, quote unquote, and that's, into an enhancement. That's what body hackers are really advocating. They're saying, you know, technology has reached a point where it can improve the human body instead, instead of just fixing what's broken. Okay, so I have another thing to mention. I mentioned that I thought of two objects. Okay, yeah. We did contact lenses. Here's the other one. Depression pills, like Zoloft. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and the reason I thought of this is because this you got into this earlier, is I am just going to admit, I feel a little weirder when you get into anything that messes with the brain right. versus the right. body. Right, and... There's a couple of examples that kind of relate to this. So Case Western Reserve is working on something that they call a, a home thermostat for mental states. So like, you know, how can you control for, what, what you're feeling and thinking? Um, and, and then... Really? Yeah. I mean, there's, and there's medications out there that they're working on um, to sort of take memories and remove like the emotional component from them. Like, so if you are faced with trauma they would be able to remove sort of the emotion from that traumatic oh, experience. Oh, yeah, or if you have like a long-time fear of spiders, somehow right. they go back and find the right. thing that caused that. Right, and, and they kind of take the emotion, the fear away from it, and you still have the memory apparently, but whatever. So, but to your point, like, yeah, yeah. there's... So that, doesn't that, that feel... Feels, <laughs> that feels different. It feels like eternal sunshine of the spotless mind. Oh, right. Uh, good movie. Uh, it does. It just is something about the, if we're talking about hacking into that, or I don't know, maybe I get a hard drive so I can remember, you know, Star Trek, you could, or not just Star Trek, uh, although there was an early version of that. What's the movie where they download stuff in their brain and they all, oh, I'm sorry, The Matrix. Wow. <laughs> really obvious. But you can just suddenly download something in your brain and you know it. Yeah. Like, right. just, you just know it. You just have experiential like you no, knowledge. That stuff feels for some reason, I don't know, like even freakier to me than someone sewing in wings. And right. I think it's because... Yeah, it does. And I think it's because uh, that to me, the brain feels like it has something more to do with like who you are uh-huh. than your body, uh-huh. which I'm going to admit at any one thinking theologically should hear right away. Wait, that's dualist. I'm like sort of separating the brain and the body into yeah. two different things and putting them on some rankings as opposed to seeing them uh-huh. as all created together. But it's sort of true. Yeah, I mean, we definitely, well, we think of our brains as the operating systems for our body, Mm -hmm. to use sort of that computer metaphor. And so when we let that in, when when we, yeah, when we let the computer inform how we think about, well, so the hard drive is, or the operating system or whatever, is running the show and everything else is just a shell. You know, and you and Windows Eight. Yeah, you can you can download your consciousness into this device I'm or whatever. In front of you with Windows, I'm, <laughs> I'm definitely listening to you. <laughs> uh, I I mean I it's it's an interesting way to like understand our ourselves, and for me that really is uh, kind of that question that transhumanism is putting to us that they're asking like, what is a human? And yep. they want to redefine that in some way. 
So going back to Neil Harbison, he says, if we define it, remember he defined himself as a cybernetic organism. And he, and then he goes on, he says, if we define ourselves as organisms, suddenly our group is wider. We are on the same level as an insect or as a cat hmm. or as a plant. And that's really where transhumanism goes to some degree. It uh, reduces us to just the level of nature along with all created things no different from oh, sure. from the created order in that sense and and so we can take we can we can have wings like birds because we're no different from birds and we can augment our bodies that way but they're they're wanting to redefine what a human is in some way and and in their perspective that's an enhancement um but i think as christians we want to ask like how does how does scripture and how does god tell us to think about right. what it is to be human right and and how does that definition inform how what our decisions are about the the correction versus enhancement categories that you've talked about um and sort of that spectrum like where do we uh where do we're okay with correction um and we say that you're still human um, at some point, you know, if you are hearing colors, you know, are you still human? Yeah, right. You know, yeah. or are you a cybernetic organism? Yeah, like so. Where does yeah? How does God define what human? Yeah, this is. Yeah, like, yeah. Or where in the Bible even would you start? Right. For me, it's interesting because when you think about it, we've been doing this from the beginning of time, so. Adam and Eve were doing this. As strange as that sounds, Adam and Eve were out looking for knowledge. They they weren't downloading information using a modem that's in their brain, but they was they were seeking knowledge. And Eve thought, well, I could get it through an apple. And in fact, she did. She got it through an apple, not an Apple computer. <laughs> same, same. <laughs> Or a, or a piece of fruit, if you will. But with that knowledge came consequences, came unintended consequences. Mm -hmm. And they decided that they needed to augment their bodies with leaves. Mm -hmm. And so there is that sort of pursuit out there that's in the heart of every one of us. And then we go and augment that. We, we, we kind of take the consequences and we try to take care of those consequences, mm -hmm. um, you know, our shame, and, and put fig leaves over it. And in adding to it, you're saying, like, even biblically, like, this starts to give us an example of what not to do. Right. It, or at least to be aware of the desires we have to transcend our limitations and to recognize that like w when we try and transcend our limitations we are out of order in some way sure so and that's the story of course of babel as well right uh but then like where where do we get to new creation where you know so i'm thinking you know where we have 
uh, a city that's built uh, right. from skyscrapers. Uh, well, I don't know if they're skyscrapers, but it sort of seems like they're skyscrapers. If you could it's understand the word a city with a river cubits. and a tree. There's a lot of cubits going on. But it's on. a city. It's not a garden. Yeah, precisely. There's been something cultivated and enhanced. And so we say in the biblical narrative that we start, um, and this is super important about this whole question, uh, we start with like maybe the garden and we start with just Adam and Eve naked, but there's a thing that's good. Yes, Somewhere in the story about humans developing and learning and enhancing and changing and building. And so yeah. uh, and I it say expands that the city, grows. you know, Chicago and Lake Shore Drive is just blocks from here and you can fly down with a lake on the left and the skyline on the right, right, steel and brick and lights. And I actually love it because it feels to me like nature's on one side and the man's <laughs> development is on the uh-huh. other side, but I don't see them as in opposition. It's like, oh, this is what God descended us to do. Yeah, and yeah they complement one another. They, yeah, they have this cool tension that right. exists. So, like, how do I think about that with my body? Like, I think about, and I think this is a Christian. There are Christians with different positions, you know. Like, am I the kind of person that goes, "Hey, just my body, the way it's just as it is now, like right. natural, sort of right. all natural somehow, yeah, 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 like naked Adam and Eve body. That's the real body. That's the real human thing. Uh-huh. Or do I say that there God intended for me to? enhance it i dare say right um because if we think about the world i think he didn't want us to just keep it as the jungle garden like he was okay with us building you know like go to and cultivate and uh-huh. build roads and do all these things so is that true with my body that is a great question but you just mentioned Babel earlier and so how do we know <laughs> right that what we're doing with our bodies isn't taking us to Babel, but rather to oh, that's the, the, question. the new Jerusalem. Exactly. It is, it's all about, well, I know this part. I know it's about the relationship between me and God, because the Babel folks are not submitting to God. They're trying to be God. Right. And somehow in the new Jerusalem, it is submitted. God is the center of the city. River is flowing out of it. So that's, so, but how does that look? Like, like in day to day life, making decisions rough. Like, I, yeah. like if you were going to get an enhancement, <laughs> like and go, am I submitted to God or not? Yeah. I don't know. How do you discern? Yeah. Well, I okay. So I think part of answering that one of the discerning questions is, am I doing this because I feel that God has gypped me? Mm. Do I? Am I doing this because I think I deserve this? You know, yeah, because the yeah, because that, that's the stand-in for God at some point, or be right, bitter or right. at His kingship. Yeah, I mean, am I am I getting this fertility treatment because I feel that God has taken away something I have the right to? Am I getting these corrective lenses because I have the right to have twenty twenty vision? Yeah, I think that's a huge discernment. I mean, if we go back and even think about our first guy, Neil. Right. Like what does God think about him? <laughs> yeah, he's living he's living in a grayscale world. And does he feel gypped by God and wants to compensate for that? Or is in like a take control sort of way? Or is it like he's using his creative faculties that God gave him to hear? Within the limits that God made him, it feels like working under creation, not sort of like overpowering it. Right. Well, I think Transhumanism is certainly a trajectory that we're on. I think there's sort of crazy there's, to think. It yeah. is crazy to think, but there's evidence that like we're moving in that direction. And so 
we have to be thinking and praying and discerning mm-hmm. uh, what our responsibility is to really ask this discerning question of like, what am I am I trying to take over God's role, or am I submitted to and surrendered to what He's given me? And from there, do I then uh, am I still okay with this enhancement or this correction, or am I not? Which means that I, I have a good question for you. Okay. Because it's time for uh, vice reversal. <laughs> nice. Uh, so, and here's my question: uh, heads-up display, contact lenses, vice reversal. <laughs> so, you, a, a computer screen on my eye. Yeah. So, you, like the thing you put in your eye, and then you can look around and say, like, look to your left and see four stars if you look to the coffee shop there, <laughs> or two stars if you look to the coffee shop on the other corner. Instant Yelp review access. Yeah, but is it ad supported? <laughs> <laughs> uh, why do you ask? Because I don't want to have ads popping up on my eyeball. Mm, so, what's your answer then? Um, I, uh, in the spirit of this podcast, I feel that I would need to pray about it. <laughs> I would need to discern whether I'm taking control over what God has given me, mm, mm. and uh, and it would be a personal decision. Wow. <laughs> Uh, so vice for you. So and, vice for me, yeah, <laughs> and then, definitely. And I am so in on this. I've just been. You're crazy. Uh, I've been wanting. You can. Uh, it'd be so cool. You just can pop in the contacts, see the things. No way. I've been wanting a heads-up display on my eyes for a long time. It's total virtue. <laughs> yeah, but see, the antenna would just get in the way. You could add ways on there. Could see where the cops are. <laughs> not that you I see where on the corner. Not that I ever sin like that. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, no, uh, we. Finish up the conversation. Uh, it's been great talking about sensing color and installing wings. Yeah, and discerning what it is to be human. Th- this has been a one that we've really wrestled with. I think. Yeah, um, seriously. And uh, I've I've learned some things that I didn't know, even just in talking it through. And we have at least an hour of <laughs> off recording argument between you and I. So it's it's been <laughs> yeah, hard. It was hard. Um, and but so, I think we landed in a place that I think at least helps me. So I love doing this with you. It's the Device and Virtue podcast, Christian thinking about technology and the church, and we'll do it again soon. Good to see you, Adam. You too. Hey, let's keep the conversation going. I think it's an argument. Okay. Tweet to us at Device Virtue. And for links and show notes, check us out at deviceandvirtue.com. And do leave us some love by rating us on iTunes. Yeah, please do. This episode is brought to you in part by Ministry Pivot with Russell St. Bernard. This podcast features important conversations with industry leaders such as Nona Jones, Bishop Walter Scott Thomas, Reverend Dr. Nicole Martin, and so many more. Visit ministrypivot.com or on all streaming platforms.